0: Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Anna Pjertletau from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from San Diego, California is Brent Douglas. Brent is a partner at the law firm Han Lozier. And today we're going to be talking about background checks. Uh, Brent, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Background checks, as you know, are pretty standard these days. What's considered best practices when conducting them?
1: I would say that. Nationwide, what you're seeing is a reduced use of background checks that in uh, certain spaces, uh, healthcare, Department of Defense, Department of Transportation, um, certain government contractors, of course, uh, many are are obligated to use them. In in some states, you can receive discounts on your workers' compensation insurance premiums uh, or other insurance premiums out there. Um, but I'd say as far as, you know, best practices and trends, because so many states have been adopting what we call ban the box laws, uh, uh, <clears throat> which, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, you know, I'd say your, your best practices are, are to tread carefully, you know, to recognize, you know, where the job position is that you're hiring and to make sure that you're following that state's laws.
0: Well, that's an interesting uh, that we're seeing less of it in the whole band the box about have you ever – that's the issue of have you ever been convicted of a crime, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of a catch-all phrase to the, limit the use of criminal and credit background checks by employers um, in terms of uh, when you can do it. For example, in the state of California, you cannot – Limit a hundred job applicants down to three. Run a criminal background check on the three finalists, and then whoever comes back with the most desirable, cleanest background check, hire that person. You can't do that. You have to extend what we call a conditional job offer. You have to pick the winner first. You're the one who gets the job conditioned upon typically two things one you know immigration, right to work status they, they that you prove that you know that you can work. And the other is that you sufficiently pass a background check. So so the phrase, you know, ban the box really is, is a description for all the employer focused nuances of how you can use and whether you can use criminal background checks, and it's entirely state by state.
0: Now Another thing on the state-by-state state front has been the decriminalization of marijuana. Can companies still check to see if their employees have used marijuana?
1: Yes. So as of as of this second, uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> so similar, similar to, to criminal background checks, there is no federal law that guides us here. There's no law that requires criminal background checks or prohibits criminal background checks. There's no law that requires... Federally across all employers drug tests or prohibits drug tests the uh, similar to criminal background checks, there are certain industries where it's it's required um, but uh, the decriminalization of marijuana and the generally just you know across the board increasing acceptance of recreational drug use has certainly moved the needle as far as the use of drug uh tests too and there's always been kind of an interesting let's say inverted scale for drug tests that hey the the person the people down in the warehouse throwing around boxes have to get tested for drugs but the entire c-suite of vice president and all the salespeople and the ceo none of them do and uh and i think that that some of that has kind of um has kind of come to light if and not necessarily because there's been some great enlightenment amongst executives but i think covid i think the difficulty in in hiring and a really tight job market has had people loosen certain standards including the use of uh, of drug tests uh, when possible and they realized that they they haven't had a a drop off in quality from it now, now to answer your question specifically about marijuana the answer today is yes you can you can do preapplicant drug screening or or, or where allowed uh, random drug tests or where allowed more commonly now you know reasonable suspicion drug tests after there's like a workplace accident and fire someone for having THC of any kind in its, in in the person's system in california what we'll see starting January first, 2024, is is really pioneering this this uh, law. We and really it's been a function of science. You know, people have have long felt that certain drugs, and really and particularly marijuana, would appear on a drug test, but don't necessarily reflect that the job applicant or the current employee involved in a workplace accident was under the influence. And I guess, uh, I I typically don't learn about science from the California legislature, but I guess the California legislature believes that they now have tests that can determine if THC is currently in a person's body. And so there's very specific, in in California-based employers, looking to do pre-applicant drug screening. You need to make sure that you read it chapter and verse, but you have to now use a particular type of thc drug test to make sure that you are determining whether the person is currently under the influence so uh you know and my guess is as with all things you kind of have california and illinois new york massachusetts and dc as the vanguard of new laws that limit employers And a a dozen or so states quickly follow suit. So even if you're outside the state of California,
0: I would watch that one. I expect it to move quickly. Sort of moving in the same direction of changing attitudes towards uh, things is we've seen a move away from longer prison sentences, many sentences getting reduced. Should that affect how employers read a criminal background check?
1: That's a great question you know i don't i don't think that necessarily um the length of sentences probably is in a vacuum that important to uh to- em- employers would be em- employers out there but i would say that the existence of a criminal record is um it, with the exception of people who are who are handling a lot of money has become much less important i mean you know and in and, and coupled with that not just the attitudes you know a, a lot of the, the 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 ban the box laws talk about um the repercussions for doing the drug doing a, a a background check incorrectly so it's not just whether you can do it um but how you should do it and and to that extent one thing that i think all your listeners should know is Always, always use a third party to conduct your criminal background checks. You've got no incentive to take it upon yourself to buy a, uh, a LexisNexis people search and pay that fee and then go type in the person's name and social security number and print out this report and, and then directly confront an applicant with, with what you have found. What if it's the wrong person? Well, the answer is what's well, wrong person is you've made a, a mistake. That carries civil penalties. Whereas, if you were to contract with a third party and they were to get it wrong, they would bear all the responsibilities for, in fact, generating a report on the wrong person. So, um, so you know, some of my rules are uh, some of my hard and fast rules are: use a third-party s- service and really only do a, a criminal background check if you, uh, if your industry requires it or, and if you're prepared to have a conversation about what, what you're going to find. I mean, the truth of the matter is 95 plus percent of job applicants have no criminal background. Of the job applicants who, who do have some kind of criminal background, 95 plus percent of that is DUI and, and marijuana possession. And that's just the nature of police and law enforcement in this country. And um, so, if we're dealing with one of the thousand job applicants, are going to have something that may be relevant to the job position. Is it worth your time to take on the risk of perhaps doing this poorly? And and so, I use those numbers to, uh, you know, to buttress my, my strong belief that you really have to use a third party to do it. And 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 to continue on that point, you know, I think a lot of my clients. Don't necessarily understand what a criminal background check is. I think one very you know, the most obvious way to to conceptualize a background check is googling background check service and having them do it, having them run it. But you know, someone may give you their resume. Someone may fill out a, a an application and a an a online job portal, and you being the, the good HR officer, compliance officer that you are, want to do some due diligence. So you Google the person, and really your intention is probably to find them on LinkedIn, say, you know, let's 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 see what else I can learn. But the third link down in Google, which appears to be the person you're looking at, as far as you know, says Jane Smith, is a court filing from their bankruptcy. Is a court filing from their divorce that has financial information. Is a There's a criminal case that pops up. It's rare, but sometimes Google draws that kind of data. You have now just done a background check. And again, you can only do that after conditional job offers. Armed with this information, if you're going to rescind the conditional job offer because of it, there are certain hoops you got to jump through. So um, I also encourage people out there to uh, understand that the Internet is a very powerful tool. And sometimes you may be doing a background check when you didn't intend to.
0: Goes back to the old adage: Never ask a question if you don't want to know what the answer is. Now, That's are a good there point. any? Yeah, it's it does come up a lot in all aspects of life. Now, are there any other aspects of what have long been considered standard and background checks that may be more sensitive or dangerous today, or people just don't feel as by the other way is important anymore?
1: Yeah, I think. I think the, the, the ban-the-box legislation, uh, and, and this has kind of trickled into other states that don't have ban-the-box laws, have really drawn a distinction between arrests and convictions. You know, When I first started practicing law, people wanted to rescind job offers because of an arrest and ultimately the person's found innocent or the, the case is expunged and 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 it just suggested to them bad character and, and of course that, that may be the case and and i've and i'm certainly not here to call balls and strikes on on, on whether the, an arrest that does not lead to a conviction of say domestic violence um is suggested of someone that you want in your workplace but the the fact of the matter is but an arrest alone cannot be the basis for rescinding a, a conditional job offer, that it has to lead to conviction. And so um I, I think you know you're talking about something that's more sensitive that that employers call me and and want to just go round and round on it, but we're worried about it, but we see this. How what do we do? You know, you can you can discuss. What you find in a background check with the job applicant, and I think a lot of my clients, a lot of employers out there, don't. I think that they they they've obtained the person's consent, which, by the way, you have to do get get in writing from the job applicant that you're that you're going to do the background check, and then they run the background check, but they keep the two things entirely separated, and they're and they're scared to bridge. I, I say don't. You know, you got two adults in the room. Um, if you uh, are, are calling your lawyer and say, "Brent, I know that I can't rescind this job offer based upon just an arrest, but my goodness, I really want to help me jump through these hoops. Uh, what do you think this was about? He was arrested for for embezzling funds. Um, I mean, that's precisely the kind of thing that that we can't have around here. What do you think?" And I go, "Well, have you asked him about it?" And they go, no, I can't ask them about it. I'm like, well, you sure can. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and in fact, if you are going to rescind a job offer based upon a conviction, something that you're legally, in the states that have these kind of laws, something that you're legally allowed to do, you have to explain it to the person and you have to give them a chance to explain the conviction. Yet, in some of these things that fall short of the precise hoops you have to jump through under the banned box laws, I, I think a lot of employers... Really, kind of foolishly, and maybe it's just because it's a sensitive topic or an embarrassing conversation to have, um, or they just—it's just foreign to them. They haven't had it before. I, I think they—they they keep the results secret. Um, I, I think you know, treat all job applicants with respect, and 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 you're going to learn a lot about the person right away.
0: Good advice for not just background checks, but for the whole interview process. Uh, Respect is a very important value. Well, Brent, thank you for sharing these insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.